Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wim Lou, and this being Tuesday, I'm joined by Sportsnet's very own Blake Murphy, producer. Blake Murphy. What's going on, Blake? TV star Blake Murphy. Yeah, that, I don't know. know about all that. I love, uh, you know, seeing you chop it up with Danielle. In, yeah. In the Raptors pregames. You know, yeah, if you, need, if you need your two and a half, three minutes on how bad Killian Hayes is, I'm your guy. Yeah, I did not notice a lot from Killian. Uh, I feel like I know Killian Hayes only from uh, Kevin O'Connor making him his, like, that's like his Utah Watanabe almost. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I hear him talk about him all the time on the mismatch, and it's never uh, it's never good. He's also in that weird spot of, like, this is his third year now, so even if, like, I, I liked Killian Hayes coming out of college, um, I thought that he could be a guy. I think there's real defensive potential there, mm-hmm. and, like, there's some, like, a tiny bit of the Pistons shoot better when he's on the floor, so maybe he's good at finding guys in their spots, and then you watch him, and it's like, oh, yeah, the fact that he's zero percentile points per possession and one percentile pick and roll score it's like it's pretty obvious pretty quickly yeah he's uh he's he's he's, he's the midwest frankie smokes yeah yeah although with less like like at least frankie smokes we have evidence that he's a good defender, yeah, he is a good defender. and not just like theoretically this guy shows that he could be a good defender mm. This is a, we, we got to uh killian hayes and frank nantilakina uh in in record time on this well you program. know why this is so this is killing Hayes third year, so he's got one year left on his rookie deal. Oh. You know who's gonna be the very top oh, of man. my discount free agents? You know how I do that discount free agent thing every year? Um there was the one year that Ronde and Stanley were high on it and they signed them both, and then less mm. success the the next year with Isak Bonga. Mm. Um I can already tell you the 2024 version of that will have Killian Hayes uh, after he gets non-tendered for restricted free agency. He'll be top of the list. You know, uh, so I was doing some research, uh, just obviously the history between the Raptors and the Pistons matchups of late. And what I've really noticed is just that there's a shocking number of players who have made their way across the border to Toronto after what they have done uh, as a member of the Pistons. You know, that includes Steve Mihailuk. Yeah. Includes Josh Jackson. Yeah. Uh, it includes uh, Stanley Johnson, obviously, right? Yeah. Shutting out the Kawhi stopper. And then Corey Joseph going the other way. Corey Joseph going the other way. That's Indirectly, right. but still. Yeah, and then even now, Saban Lee on the 905. Yeah. yeah Saban Lee had some had some moments. Hail Saban. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Killian will be the fifth version. All right. Look. Also, there's also yeah. uh, a funny wrinkle where, like, I think a lot of Raptors Twitter, myself included, really wanted uh, Hamadou Diallo at one point. Okay, I mean, because I see that. Yeah, he, he was another good. like inexpensive free agent guy who seemed gettable and like for, seems Raptorsy with the length and everything, mm-hmm. and yeah. then like could have just thrived playing in that kind of Ronde spot in the offense of like just hang out around the rim. The spacing yeah. doesn't matter because you'll dunk so much stuff and like yeah. you do smart things down there. Um, and then he was traded for Svi, and the Raptors basically were like, "Well, we can't get." Hamadou Diallo will get Svi and said we'll get the other side of that trade. Bite on 10 games of him shooting well with OKC and see how it goes. Um, 
in this discussion, I also remember that uh, Henry Ellenson also has made this trip from Detroit to oh. the, the GTA region as well. Yeah. No, seriously, it's just been a lot of players that have sort of crossed over. Um, but obviously last night, the big result is that the Raptors beat the Pistons finally. First time during the pandemic that the Raptors have beaten the Pistons. Um, I feel like that's like the delineation I guess I'm using. Yeah. Uh, winning by a score 115 to 111. Um, it also means they're going to win the next two matchups with Detroit because the yes. series have gone... 0-3-3-0-0-3-0-3. Yes. Okay, I, I will take that. If the Raptors win three games against the Pistons this year, I think we should throw, like, some kind of small parade. Will like, the Pistons win three more games the rest of the year? Based on last night? Hell no. I know they didn't have Cade, but that was... Uh, I mean... For everyone who thought the Pistons could take a step forward and be decent this year, I still think they're fun. Jaden Ivey and Jalen oh, Duran yeah. are, like, very fun, and, and Bojan's good, and then obviously they have Cade. Um, but this is no, this not is not a good team. Like they gave up a hundred. They're the worst defense in basketball by a good margin. They give up 115 to a Raptors team missing four of their top six rotation guys. Yes. Yeah. The that is wild. And the Raptors didn't shoot well. They shot 29% <laughs> on threes. You know what? This actually might be the Raptors shooting well in their current moment yes. without Fred, without Gary, even without Pascal. Um, yeah. I mean, eight of 27 from three. And, yeah, I mean, look, the, the reason the Pistons are in it is because, you know, they got to the free throw line 43 times. Raptors could have been cleaner on that front. I don't think they started the fourth quarter with the same defensive intensity as they did the start of the game. Let's yeah, kind of let them back into it there. Yeah. And also, like, you got to give them credit. Like, I thought Jaden Ivey, like, really started to take over, started cutting down on turnovers. And, you know, outside of him getting rejected. A couple times. Emphatically by OG twice and then Coloco. And Thad, I mean, oh, I guess that didn't – I don't think Thad blocked him, but AV, uh Avi, Ivy did one of those cool like split the defenders moves, but Thad just like stuck with them and did the verticality on the move. Mm -hmm. And Ivy, I think he lost the ball out of bounds, and it ended up staying Detroit ball. But there was a like chuckle moment of Thad Young is like 15 years older than this guy, and it might be more. And honestly. Ivy is busting out these very cool like. Hey, you can trap me, but I I do all these weird split the defender things. There was another one where he lost the handle on the ball, but he had just like kind of like hit the double jump button to get mm, between two right. defenders. Yeah. Um, he ended up losing the handle on it, but uh, yeah, him doing cool stuff like that and Thad just being like, yeah, yeah, that's I, cool, man. I know how to play basketball. What haven't I seen? Yeah, I was I was playing when Bob Cousy was doing that move. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I mean that's not that You're old. A sucker. That's not that old. Uh, we got no. we got to give that his love. And no, like, he's my age, which is why I can make these jokes. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, look, listen, Delano obviously was was amazing. We'll get to Delano in a yeah. second, but I think we're already in the mood to talk about Thad Young. Mm -hmm. um, God bless Thad Young for bringing back the Marcus Hall, uh, you know, high post, you know, entry passes to guys cutting to the basket. It's just so fun to watch it's like one of them to me at least one of the most fun plays in basketball that isn't just like some sort of crazy crossover or like a dunk or like a, a 40 foot pull up three i think you just like that element of the game where you're able to sort of like outsmart your opponent or out execute your opponent uh and yeah i mean Thad had three assists last night um just to cutters at the basket he also had another one where he fed wancho uh, the rotation came over and Wancho was able to make the next pass to OG in the corner for three. Like, I just, I'm loving what that has brought to the starting lineup. And literally last week when you were here, we discussed like, how do we get the Raptors through this period, you know, without Pascal, we both very emphatically said we needed Thad in this group. And you in particular made the point that Thad would produce with the starters. 
And now he started the last like three, four games and he's done great. He has. And there, there are a couple elements of this. I, when we had that conversation, the Raptors were a little healthier. And part of what you think is, well, Thad Young's skill set is like a multiplier skill set, right? He connects dots that some of the stuff Thad Young does, if you're a lesser player, if you're a less experienced player, like maybe you don't cut into the space Thad thinks you're going to cut into. Maybe you don't lift or fill at the right time. Right. Um, maybe you just don't finish on an opportunity that Thad puts you in. Um, so that's one element of it. Then the Raptors lose all these guys, and you think, well, maybe Thad won't have as much value. Um, I, I understood starting Thad and Otto Porter, where it's just like, all right, let's let's get the adults in there and try and let's play with some professionalism yeah. and really just play hard from the start. Still which, surprised Ken yeah. Birch didn't start with them yesterday. Well, by the way, did you enjoy Nick Nurse's uh, little pump fake pregame? I mean, when has this guy ever told the truth? Um, <laughs> okay, so. And, like, I get it in the playoffs. Absolutely. Give me all that gamesmanship. You don't but get it like, on a, a, a November, November game against Detroit when you only have 10 players. <laughs> hey, listen, if Casey's going to treat this like the playoffs, yeah. Nick has to t- rise up to the challenge. Um, what we're referring to, by the way, just, just to fill oh. the listeners in, is that there's the, the pregame meeting with the coaches, uh, talks to, you know, the press. Uh, on the road, it's like an hour 30 before the game. Mm-hmm. Um and so at that point, which is around 5.30 last night, Nick was like, oh, yeah, Kemp's going to be back in the lineup. He was questionable. Uh, and I'm trying to decide, basically, am I going to start him or am I going to start Christian Coloco? And then an hour later, the, the starting lineup comes out and neither of those guys are starting. Surprise is Delano Banton, who did have a great game. So shouts to Nick for doing that. But also at the same time, it is just kind of funny. The gamesmanship, you know, the little gamesmanship stuff is, is very, very funny to me. Yeah, I suppose. It's, I mean, it's entertaining. Um I don't I know. I just like looking at my Raptors media uh, list. Tweet deck column, yeah. And, and just seeing, like, the, the, the changes, you know. Yeah, it's it's amusing. It's, um, I mean, it also, like, I am not a big, I mean, I bet sometimes, but not big stakes or anything. I don't play daily fantasy. Like, mm. that impact on me is really just, oh, shoot, I got to get a tweet off. Right, right, right. There are people who probably live and die by those announcements, and they're probably less amused by it. Um, so the other thing with that, so so that's the case for Thad playing more with really good players. When they're this thinned out, you think maybe it won't have the same impact. But when you look at what Detroit is defensively, and not just as the worst defense in basketball, but also like a pretty inexperienced team defensively where like Alec Burks is kind of like their Thad Young uh, in terms of like who's the the adult trying to organize everyone on defense, mm. um, it just makes a lot of sense that you turn more of the offense over to, hey, let's have a really experienced guy who can pass with some size, and everyone else just kind of were around him. Yes, and there was yeah. a lot of cutting that Detroit was just not prepared for and not attentive to, right. um, and that, like that, that kind obviously of stuff shouldn't work like. Four right. times in a game. Exactly. Like, like the Raptors deserve credit for executing that stuff, but try that in a game against Milwaukee or Boston when they're actually trying to win that game. Like yeah. that kind of offense isn't going to be there. So kind of a, a perfect storm of, and I know he only finished with, with what four assists, but it, it did feel like his playmaking was big, both for free throws for mm-hmm. making the next pass because you know, you, you get a guy cutting the rim and you hit him with a pass. Someone's got to suck in. Right. And if yep. they can make that pass to the corner, there were a couple times like that mm-hmm. um, as well. So yeah, I thought it was a great window for that and kind of a, a best case there with what he does well and what Detroit doesn't do well, which is most things. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't very impressed with the Pistons. Um, maybe everyone outside of Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich getting to the line ten times really did help this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that, I, I just enjoy the fact that like you have somebody on the you know in the starting group that can help free up some of the other players to score a little bit easier. Like I, I think that like. When you have, like, let's say Christian Coloco in that, in that spot, you don't want Coloco having the ball. You don't want him necessarily making decisions with the ball right now. Mm-hmm. There was even a play in the fourth quarter where Coloco was just trying to swing the ball around the perimeter, and then somebody uh, essentially jumped on him and then took the ball away and then took it in for a dunk. You know, stuff like that where you just don't trust a young player in that moment to to have the ball. Think, you know, when you have that in the starting group, you can you can have – OG operating off the ball. You can have Scotty operating off the ball. You can have Delano operating off the ball. It just helps everyone around. And also, you know that you're going to give a great effort from Thad. Like, he hit the floor a few times, and he got four offensive rebounds. You know, was was disruptive on defense. Like, it, it's it's exactly what you get Thad for. Like, obviously, when everyone's healthy, you don't play him to this degree. But when you are in a tough spot, like, the Raptors would not have been winning some of these games of late without Thad Young. They might have lost to the Rockets and the Pistons. If that wasn't around, so yeah, that's handful tough. of games in a row where, well, not in a row. There were a couple exceptions in there, but a good stretch of time where he's been the plus minus guy, right? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. not enough yet. Like, I think his plus minus on the year is exactly even. Mm-hmm. But when you look at some of the lineups he plays in, that's not all that surprising. And maybe one of the most encouraging things: this hasn't really played out in terms of Thad Young to Scotty Barnes or Scotty Barnes to Thad Young. But you look at Scotty Barnes's. Um, you know, go through some of his line mates. Yeah. Thad Young has, and maybe this is just noise, maybe it's nothing, but, but Thad Young does seem to have somewhat of an ability to help Scotty be in the right positions or, or like, I, I don't know, they just have really outlier numbers together and it's mm-hmm. a small sample, but given that Scotty's had some ups and downs so far this year, I do think it's it's interesting, especially when you consider that when they got that young, part of what we were thinking is, oh, this is a really good guy for OG and Scotty to learn from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? We're going to have a, another discussion about Scotty just because this is like the big trend that everyone's tracking right now uh, in the second half of the program. But um yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think we do forget sometimes that he is in his second year. He's a very young player, mm-hmm. obviously still lacks a lot of polish. And so it's almost natural that a player like that is going to be inconsistent at times. I think we were really spoiled last season um, about it. But anyway, look, we'll get to that discussion in a second. Uh, Delano Banton, 27 points, career high. Um, Not even close, like double the career high. Yeah, we got that alert from uh, Raptors <laughs> PR uh, like in that first half. Like, hey, he's tied his career high yeah. with 14. And they were course, going crazy with the, the season high and career high updates last night. Yeah, there was another one yesterday. I don't remember what it was, but. Oh, it was, um, I think it was Malachi's season high when he got into double mm-hmm. digits. All right. I, I just want an alert for Raptors PR when Malachi's going Tampa mode. <laughs> can I can I see that on my phone? We should just get an alert. Malachi Flynn is in the game when there are more than ten players healthy. Yeah, and uh, you know we'll see if that continues to happen. But no, seriously, the, the the two point guards that obviously have been you know under a lot of scrutiny and and to be honest, they haven't really played the roles when everyone's healthy in a productive way. They're the step up last night. You know, Delano in the starting group, Nick. You know, obviously going through all the trouble of you know surprise. You know, and, and you know, maybe it did work because I thought Delano played well even at the start of the game. He he took like five shots and got to the free throw line once or twice just in the first quarter alone. That's a lot of aggressiveness, and I think mm-hmm. the the theme of the game for me was just how much Delano was willing to attack, and it reminded me a, a lot of what he does with the nine hundred five. When he goes down nine hundred five, he's awesome. That's why they keep bringing him back because there's nothing more from the show down there necessarily. But I don't think he takes the same aggressiveness um, 
in the approach that he does in both levels. And so I thought yesterday was just a great preview of like what he can do when he is like super, super aggressive. It's tough too to find that right level of aggressiveness, right? Because sure, he yeah. went down to the 905 and, and he put up bonkers numbers like 27 would not be his career high down there. He had 30 a couple times and he yeah, was only yeah. down there for seven or eight games. Um, something he ran into a little bit with the 905 though was um, I thought anyway, he crossed that line of aggression in the half court sometimes where, mm-hmm. yeah, you want him down there learning. You want him taking those shots and stuff, but it got a little tunnel vision down there at times for a guy okay. who the passing is supposed to be such a big part of his package. Right. Um, so it was great growth for him to show that that scoring. Um, I don't know that you want him like there's that fine line of being aggressive and for lack of a better term, being a, a bit of a ball hog. Mm-hmm. And I thought he teetered on that with the nine Oh five and maybe with the Raptors so far had actually teetered the other way of being too yeah. conservative um, maybe out of concern of that, maybe just because of the the jump in in kind of difficulty level. Um, but I thought last night was great. I actually thought he was really good in the indie game too. Um, yeah, that yeah, game yeah. didn't have a lot of positives from it, but that was another game where I mean, they played com- confident, well for three quarters and then they yeah. just like completely collapsed. Confident the shooting the three, yeah. um, confident in the half court. And then I think it was the Houston game where he got the line a bunch, even though he wasn't mm, shooting yeah. very effectively. So you have a couple games recently where the scoring punch is there and so few Raptors can get two feet in the paint with regularity Yeah, that him being able to do that. And then that's before getting to, you know, the grab and go stuff in transition. Like I love he, that. That's he, the best part of his so game. He's so good at tracking those long rebounds and his strides are so long that like there was one last night that he was on the far side of the court and he cuts across for a long rebound that ends up like just above the free throw line elbow, Mm -hmm. like free throw line extended. He grabs it and goes. And like, by the time Detroit has given up on the offensive rebound and realizes the play is going the other way, he's at their three point line. Like he's so fast. And the way he tracks those long rebounds, which I don't really know how to quantify this or if we can, but it's always felt like long defensive rebounds were an issue for the Raptors. Mm. Um, well, we do have small guards, I think, maybe. That's yeah. the reason. And you have everyone flying around everywhere and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, Delano, like the half-court stuff is going to be the most important thing to watch for his growth and what he could be long-term. Right, right. right now, though, his defensive rebounding and transition play is a plus-plus skill even before talking about the developmental aspect. So yeah. I think... You know, this is five games in a row now and six of the last seven that he's played double-digit minutes in. I would you. I don't think you can really keep him and Flynn in the mix regularly as this team gets healthier. Sure, but yeah. I do think Delano Banton has shown you enough over this stretch to be back in the rotation even as they get healthier because that transition stuff and defensive rebounding, and, and he's not a bad defender either at point of attack. He uses his length yeah. well, even if he makes some mistakes. Um, he just fits the identity of that Boucher-Achua second unit so well. Right, right, right. Um, I think he could really grow into a part of that. Yeah, no, I, and I think the big thing for me is just, like, continue to look to score because it's it's weird in Nick's offense. It's like you just really want everyone to look for their shot first and foremost, and then when they get stopped or see two players, then they dish it off. Well, like that's the That's the bulk of the playmaking is what happens there. So it's also like that that has to be the way it is. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's all right. It has to be what it is because you have so you're very limited. Like the thing that is most limited on this team is in the half court, guys who can create an advantage for themselves. Yes. So yes. anytime someone has an advantage, and this is part of why they're high in isolation percentage when 
everyone's healthy. It's because if you get a mismatch mm-hmm. going down the court, they want to attack that because it's hard for this team to manufacture those advantages and those mismatches otherwise. Yeah. So that Delano plays into that and that whole second unit of, yeah, go, especially if you're the guy that grabs a rebound and pushes, mm-hmm. get yours first because your first opportunity on a possession is sometimes going to be your best opportunity. Like yeah, there's yeah. the pass up a good shot for a great shot, but there's also pass up a good shot for stagnate in the half court for 20 seconds. The old bench mob thing, right? We have seen a lot of that of late. Um, yeah, you're going to see more of it. This yeah. team does not have a... Oh, like, they're playing the Heat tomorrow, too. That's a, we'll, we'll see yeah. more of it tomorrow, for sure. Buddy, how much? It, I, I know Fred and Gary are questionable for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, if they end up on the wrong side of that and they're out... Please come back. We might see the first game since, like, the 40s where it's 100% zone. Like, I don't know if... Yeah. I'm going to have to ask Synergy to go back and, and like, Pull some black and white tape yeah. for like, hey, when was the last time a team played zone for an entire game? No, this is going to be like Syracuse versus Syracuse tomorrow <laughs> uh, based on what's about to happen. Now, and we, we even saw the Pistons play some zone against the Raptors. Yeah. I actually thought the Raptors zone offense last night was actually quite good. And that again. That is a big, that's a big part portion of, of that. Uh, but yeah, we'll see obviously against uh, a much more competitive team against mm-hmm. Miami. No, I, th- I think Delano's playing well. Um, he's, he's serving his role. I, I like the fact that he's tilting more towards scoring than the assists. Because to be honest, it's like unless he gets into the paint and collapses and draws two defenders, he's not really going to have a great opportunity to assist somebody in the first place. So, um, you know, that's where he's got to look to score first and foremost. I also like the fact that the Raptors are able to con- like just combine three bench players together to get great results um, offensively. I thought Chris Boucher, Malachi Flynn, and weirdly enough, Juancho Hernan Gomez, three of those guys, like the ball movement was there. There's enough shot making, enough aggression. Chris Boucher was hitting three straight mid-range pull-ups at one point, which was very impressive. Malachi came out and was was confident looking for his three, and there was just a confidence and like a an execution from them that 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 seemed more rehearsed than the fact that they don't ever play together basically. Yeah, so it was it was it was impressive. A couple things go into that, and Wancho, I mean Wancho leading the team in plus minus in that game, and like quickly having nine point six rebounds, three assists. Yeah, yeah, the assist part of that is the like. For a wing player who, to this point in his tenure with the Raptors, has been almost exclusively a play finisher, just like yeah, like yeah. hang around and if we get you the ball, shoot it. Um, that, to me, speaks to a comfort level in the offense or, or an ability to kind of pick up what your teammates are doing. Malachi Flynn, same thing. He comes in and almost right away bangs a couple threes and has mm-hmm. four assists. Um, I, I know it was uh, a team-wide assist thing yesterday, but like four assists was top of the team. There are a couple guys with four. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, without Fred and Pascal, that's kind of what you're going to have to do, right? Like, Scotty Barnes can have the odd triple-double night. OG can have the odd five-assist night. But you need everyone to kind of play a, a shared role, especially mm-hmm. when you get into a second unit that, on paper, that's Chris Boucher and your third unit, right? That like like what unit. it was when we came into the season. Like, Jeff Dowden's supposed to be with the 905. We thought Malachi Flynn was out of the rotation. Nobody really expected Christian Coloco to get minutes right away. It was, mm. it was kind of precious stumbling to start that opened that up. And then Wancho, who yeah. was like maybe the 11th man on paper. So to get that, and again, it's against Detroit. So grains of salt or whatever, but it's not like those guys played differently than they can play. You know, maybe Miami's not the best example, but when they play Atlanta on Saturday, right. there's no reason that they can't play that way. And I, I wonder, this is something you and I have kicked around a lot with Malachi Flynn. Like, there's a chicken or the egg of 
Does he not get minutes because he doesn't play well? Or does he start to play well when he gets minutes because he's not looking over his shoulder for a first mistake I'm coming out of the game? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think that's there with Wancho. I think it was just a good night for him. But with a guy like Flynn, that's the kind of scenario where I'm like, huh, does it maybe help him that they didn't really have any choice but to go to him the last couple games? And, like, he knows yeah, he's getting 12 or 15. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, again, like, similar to the Delano thing, I just like his approach of coming in and taking the shot. He's not really afraid of it. There's a couple moments, even when he came in the second quarter, where Chris Boucher really had it going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was kind of like, you know, pass me the ball, Malachi. Malachi, I'll come out the screen and be like, no, <laughs> I'm going to shoot this one. And I like I like that. Uh, I like that. Not all the time, obviously, but I, I like that mentality of because he needs to come in and really affect the offense. 11 for 23 on three so far this year. That's and we, good. we both yeah. said, I think, his entire tenure, like, the mechanics of the shot yes. look good. Yeah. And his like his footwork and his um, you know, I guess they call it kinetic chain and stuff on pull-ups mm-hmm. is really good. It yeah, looks yeah. like it's gonna go in all the time. I think I tweeted a joke last year, or or maybe it was his G League season, like he has the lowest shooting percentage of all time for a guy who I think every single shot is going in. Right, right. And if yeah. this is he maybe he's not a forty eight percent three point shooter, but that second unit having a guy who can shoot threes. That's pretty valuable. There's not a lot of three-point shooters in that second unit. Yeah, no, they've needed it. Um, and I, I think one thing that might have helped them on that front is just, like, the Raptors going back to playing two-point guard lineups, mm-hmm. like, for so long. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, 2014, they had two-point guard lineups. 2015, they had Gravis Vasquez. Uh, Lou Will. Lou Will and Kyle, you know, sometimes yeah. all on the floor together. You know, so they Next had, like... Next year was Kyle and Corey was the bench unit. Yeah, yeah. And then it was Kyle and Fred for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, they had two-point guard stuff for a long, time. Even, long like, time. bench mob was Fred in the lawn? Yes, exactly. So they were kind of going back to that, right? Because, obviously, the Raptors have essentially just ditched point guards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like to see them shift back to where even Jeff Downs coming into the game and playing a role. I mean, obviously he had the big stop at the end, which was great and great job by Nick to, to sub him in in the mm-hmm. last minute. They're not an what? obvious move. The vote of confidence yes. in like How he's much? in there for defensive value. Like right, it, right. like you could have, maybe you thought it was, oh, Paris safe hands and extra ball handler, but he subbed him in for the defensive possession, yes. not for the offensive possession. So that was, uh, that's a big vote of confidence in a guy who has played like zero NBA minutes. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, um, you know, even before that, though, Jeff ended up playing 15 minutes. A lot of that mm-hmm. was just like two point guard lineups where you had Malachi and, Del- uh, and Delano on the floor. You had, um, you know, Malachi and Jeff Downton. And, and, and it kind of does free up these guys to score a little bit more when they don't have to always play make and, and bring the ball up each mm-hmm. time. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, I don't know, maybe a little nostalgic for like, I don't know. Lou Williams, oddly enough. There have been times in this Raptors tenure where we want to see like three point card lineups. But it's like, what what about Kyle Fred and Delon? What yes, about yeah. I think they played Kyle, Lou Williams, and Gravis together for like a couple minutes yeah, that season yeah, yeah. too. And it's like there's no way this is gonna work defensively, but let's uh, just see what it's like if like everyone has some ball skill. It honestly worked in that season until Kyle Larry got broken. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, the rest of the season we don't talk about in twenty fifteen. Didn't happen. Ottawa's there, though, Raptor, Raptor legend. <laughs> but that was the season that uh, broke Otto, too. I remember the season that broke Otto. I God, did a feature on Otto around then and about, like, the challenge of guarding DeMar for a playoff series yeah, and, like, man, like learning was... through that. And then I think – actually, I don't think that was the one. I think it was 2017 when he had the busted hip and he played through it against the Raptors. Oh, the rebatch? Yeah. yeah maybe. And then yeah. – uh, yeah, so maybe it was that one. But either way, I remember talking to Otto Porter about, like – 
what's it like guarding DeMar and like, what are you doing between games? And mm-hmm. um, he's super smart and insightful and stuff. And then his hips broke. Yeah. And now his toe is destroyed. Oh man. Yeah. The Raptors. Uh, that's the only bad part about last night's game was that uh, they sustained another injury. Uh, Otto Porter is going to be out with the toe issue. And, you dislocation know, is what they're calling a dislocation. Of yeah. The toe. He's that's, out tomorrow. That's, that's not a minor thing. I, I don't think that's like a, a medium have a course of injury but um no i mean it's interesting because i i even remember like when the raptors signed him i was talking to a couple of warrior fans you know i mean andy lou friend of the program <laughs> me in the bay um a, a wilder version uh and he was telling me that like yeah the warriors essentially that's what you'd be like if the raptors won four championships yeah you know what you're right actually. cannot tell you anything <laughs> I'm, I'm only again. a quarter of the way there um but, yeah, I mean, you know, Andy was telling me that, like, the Warriors used to rest them on the second out of back-to-backs, give them that Kawhi Leonard, like, load management kind of plan. And the whole idea is that Otto, you know, has been pretty injury-prone and mm-hmm. that then the Warriors got a lot out of Otto last year by doing that. And, and when I've, you look at the Raptors, obviously, recently been so injured, they can't do that, right? Like, they right. played back-to-back on two different cities and Otto started both games, that kind of stuff. And so. it's it's tough. I feel bad for guys like this who – you know, the injury prone tag is fair. He's missed a lot of time, yeah. but you go back and you wonder like 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, all four of those years, he played basically every game and whichever year it was, they played against the Raptors. I think it was 2017, 2018. He played through a hip injury. Mm. And by the end of that series, I think he missed the deciding game six. Like I think they had to pull him out, right. but he was hurt. And he tried to play through it for a playoff series. And at that point in time, guarding DeMar DeRozan was one of the most difficult jobs a a bigger wing could do. And that was kind of it. He's just deteriorated. Like, obviously, anyone who has hips, which is everyone listening, um, that is a really important thing. And if you're always kind of adjusting for that, everything else Mm. is going to get out of whack. Like, Like, anyone who's any bit older than me i haven't got there yet but like the low back pain that old right. guys get or old uh, people you, get you mean fred yeah fred's literally having this right now yeah fred's like, justin champani too he hasn't played yet this year because of it fred's like spiritually i'm 35 and physically yeah. i'm 35 yeah um but like what are they what are they going to tell you to do when you go to physio it's a lot of hip work mm, right um now. everything kind of deteriorates from there so it's true he has been injury prone but i feel bad for him he's like Same, yeah. he's got a little bit of that isaiah thomas of like well you played through it and you can't make it worse until it gets worse. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a dislocation of the toe. Like, yeah. it's going to be a while. Also, like, he's playing 18 minutes a game. Like, I, th- I think the Raptors are using him fine so far. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, again, like, some of the more recent, like, it's been pretty ridiculous of late, just the, the, the rash of injuries on the team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, with him out, you definitely need Gary back. Um, because just needs some shooting in the lineup. Although having Juancho there, not 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 terrible. Juancho is like the auto backup, which is essentially what Nick uh, had him be at the start of the season when Otto wasn't available to start the year. Um, you know, I, I think there's a place for Juancho to play. I don't mind him as a play connector. I don't think he takes too much off the table right now. No, I uh, mean, he's not good defensively, but he's, he's like yeah. being big can make up for a little bit of that, right? Sure. It's like it's a difference between you know, Matt Thomas struggling to stay in a role and Duncan Robinson getting a million chances is like, right. there's a little bit of size there that Damn. maybe there's more spots you can hide a guy. Maybe Matt Thomas needs to start a podcast. 
feel like that's another another portion there. Um, yeah. what, what are you trying to say? JJ Reddick has a podcast. Duncan Robinson has a I'm podcast. Saying, is, a specific... is it that off-ball shooting threats have a podcast or just that like every white guy has a no, podcast? No, no, no. Uh, off-ball shooting threats because when okay. you really look at it, CJ McCollum is there. Fred has a podcast technically. Yeah. You know, CJ I mean? Miles is doing a lot of media now. He was on the J.D. Bunkus podcast today. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, shoot, there's a shooting specialist podcast uh economy out there yeah if you could shoot like kyle corver i'd love to hear kyle corver's thoughts one of the best interviews i've ever done was talking to kyle corver for a piece but it was a it was about damari carroll when damari came over to toronto well damari Um, said i'm the black kyle corver that was a a great line at his intro for the raptors yeah no we were talking about the uh at that point when the raptors got carroll like a big thing on hawks twitter was the the hashtag carroll cuts because Damari was mm, right, such right. a good cutter, and I talked to Kyle Korver about it, and then Damari Carroll scored like two baskets off of cuts his entire Raptors career. <laughs> <laughs> Just stopped happening. Uh, I, I would have, uh, in hindsight, I would have rather signed Kyle Korver, uh, if only so that he wouldn't the, have played the for white the Cavs. Kyle Korver. <laughs> I would have had both actually. They seemed like they had good chemistry. Wait, Channing Fry have a podcast on one point two. Channing Fry has a podcast. He's not like an off-ball movement shooter, but like no, pick but and pop big is close enough. No, if you could shoot a three-pointer, you're going to get a podcast. This is the NBA. This is what the NBA is like. Yeah. Um, I meant to say we're on to something, but we're also on something. We've referenced every bad player or every mediocre player to ever kill the Raptors. Um, uh, on that theme, before we go to break, I have to ask you this very important question because now the Casey curse has been snapped, at least temporarily. The bigger nemesis, TNT Bulls or the Casey curse? Mm. For people who weren't there uh, for the TNT Bulls, I think the record was that like the Bulls beat the Raptors like 12 or 13 straight times. So I'm going to say it's the Casey one because the TNT Bulls thing wasn't exclusive to the Raptors. They were like, they won like 20 straight TNT games. Mm. Okay, okay. Against like anyone. So So they just needed Kevin Harlan on the call. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Kevin Harlan on the call and you're good. Um, No, because like... Joakim Noah just sucked the gravity right out of the building. (laughs) uh, The Detroit one is so specific to Toronto because they haven't beat... Like they have nine wins against the Raptors in the last four and a half years. And they have like 14 wins against the rest of the league combined. (laughs) It's it's not good. I will say though, uh, Cade and Wemby going to be a a heck of a duo. Oh my God. No, it's going to be tough because their point guard's still going to be killing Hayes. No, I I think what we really needed from Raptors Twitter last night was, you know, Dwayne Casey with the rock, right? The pound the rock, you know, I- iconic photo where he f- he posed beside that boulder that he took out of the Canadian Shield. Uh, we we needed, like, Jeff Dowden photoshopped into that photo, like, pulling the sword out of the rock, <laughs> like Arthur. <laughs> like something, uh-huh. you know? Like, because it, it really was that dramatic. I, I'm, I'm happy that the curse is over. But, yeah, I agree with you. Um, some of those Bulls games, man, I mean, Etwan Moore, Kyle Korver, Nate Robinson. Yeah, the Etwan Moore oh. floater game. Man. Was the Jimmy Cristiano Butler 50-point half on a TNT game too? That was also a TNT. Was that the one that where Serge punched Robin Lopez or Mike is all? Is it all I don't know. All together? I remember, I think it's bl- it's blending together. The, okay, the okay. Jimmy Butler 50-point half was uh, something special. Yeah. No, I mean, when you break one of Michael Jordan's records, uh, yeah. I feel like uh, you definitely deserve um, the win, which I think the Raptors ultimately gave. Chicago over and over again. But listen, we're going to take a quick break. Congrats to the Raptors for beating the Pistons. And uh, Sorry, you know, 40 points in the half. He had 51 overall. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is, he's, yeah, he's been him. Um, anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, uh, I've been your host, Will Lute. That's Alex. That's not Alex Wong. That's Blake Murphy. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm too used to saying that's Alex Wong. Uh, wow. And you're listening to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Continue to be joined by not Alex Wong, but uh, Blake Murphy, because it's Tuesday. Wow, mixing me and Alex, uh, mixing up Kyle Korver and Doug McDermott. Wow. I mean, you know, I just, I don't I don't see it. Um, okay, so we're going to get to the Scotty Barnes concern reader here. It's just kind of like a running trend, to be honest, until he has like a like a game where he just looks more like, you know, the rookie of the year kind of status. Like, we're going to keep kind of... Looking at it game to game, the microscope is kind of on him. Um, now, last night, I thought he played fine. Like, I, I didn't think he played a bad game by any means. Um, you know, was aggressive in the first quarter and then disappeared the rest of the game. To be honest, we've seen that kind of pattern from him. Usually, it's just he gets more aggressive as the game goes on rather than at the start of the game. But, you know, you can see the emphasis there. Um, you know, the playmaking was there. He had the, the pass of the night where um, Thad got down the offensive rebound, kicked it out to Scotty, who was cutting through the lane, jumped up, looked like he was floating in air for a second, did a no-look between-the-legs mid-air bounce pass to Delano Banton, who was able to cut in and catch the the, the pass for the layup. Um, one of the flashiest passes I've seen any Raptor make, by the way. Just think about it. Jumping through the legs, no-look, and bounce. anyone at all has any concern that Scotty having a bit of an up-and-down start to the year has hurt his confidence, yeah, that's no, all you need to know. There's, there's no that is a confident person's pass. Yes, that's honestly one of the, the flashiest passes I've ever seen from a Raptor. There are only two ways that pass goes. Awesome highlight or two points the other way. Y- There's yeah, no in-between yeah. on a pass like that. <laughs> well, you know, luckily uh, the, the Raptors got the two points there. Um, you know, but again, like this is something that people are tracking. And, you know, the reporters asked Nick about it uh, after the game yesterday. And I, I thought Nick gave an interesting response as to, um, you know, how Scotty's performing of late. So let's hear that clip. I think he's okay physically. Uh, I mean, I think he's got some... You know, you know, normal NBA grind, lots of games, bumps and bruises. He probably doesn't feel perfect out there. Um, but I agree with you. I think his, he's, again, I said, you know, that his biggest challenge going in the year was to have the enthusiasm that he had last year. Right? Every game he was a, a, a kid in a candy store, right? Um, and that's, that's part of now you've, you know, got some attention, you get some focal, you get some tough defenders, you get, you know, knocked around a little bit. Um, but uh, we'll keep working at him. I thought he, I thought he, I thought he played pretty big defensively late in the game. Okay, so um, not totally sure about the defense on, on that portion. I, I did I watch the game back, and I mean, I thought his defense was really good on Ivy at the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, Ivy didn't really make an impact. Yeah, there was a stretch third quarter and that early fourth quarter run. I yeah. think for the part that he was on the court for. Um, he had a he had a fairly bad stretch there, I thought. At, well, at I mean, attack. it was at the end there where they had to essentially swap in, you know, mm-hmm. Jeff Down, who, I mean, you know, before we get to the Scotty Barnes concern meter, maybe we got to give the quick minute for Jeff Down, 
because we he did do, play really well. Last yeah, night. I got all the time in the world for Jeff Devin. I mean, okay, you, yeah. you did 10 things off those summer league games. Yeah. You oh, know. He was, well, along with Delano, the best Raptor there. Yeah, and he was really good. So when the Raptors signed Armani Brooks last year, he was another guy like that was on that list mm, of right, like, right. I, like, I don't know if they're on the Raptors list, but on my list of like, Hey, who are interesting guys sure, yeah. in the G league who, who might fit with this team. So um, he's improved a lot. I think you see a ton of what the Raptors like in a point guard. And part of this is like, he's 25 years old. So even though this yes. is only his third pro season, like he's, he's an older guy, um, more experienced, but you see that like the, the nine Oh five, they actually won this morning without him or Champagne. So they're four and one now. Mm-hmm. But wow. over that three and one stretch, like Jeff Doughton and to a slightly lesser extent, Saban Lee, like dragged those guys to a couple of those wins of sure. like, look, yeah. we're the we're established pros in the G League. We're gonna win this game no matter how the last 35, 40 minutes have gone. Right. So um I've been super impressed with them down there from a, a leadership perspective and a knowing what the team needs perspective. In the NBA right now, his ticket is obviously going to be, can you defend at the NBA level? And, right. and at least against the worst team in the league, he can. Yeah. And we know there's an offensive, like, package there with, with Jeff Down. His G League numbers are, especially last year, were incredible. Yeah. He gets like, into the paint really well. And, yeah, like, he's yeah. not a he's not an exceptionally bursty guy. And, like, he's... But it helps when you have a really nice mid-range, at mm-hmm. least at the G League level. Um, he can shoot threes... At a, at a decent rate. I wouldn't say he's like a high-volume three-point shooter, but it's not like he can't make those. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, 44% for his man. G League career. I think his true shooting in the G League last year was like 65. Yeah. For a it's, guard, uh, that's really hard to do. Yeah, it is. And like not even a ton of free throws either. Like right, yeah. it's, he's kind of got the... I don't. I promise I don't mean this as damning with faint praise or putting a ceiling on him, but he kind of has like the Lorenzo Brown G League package where it's okay. like yeah. it's like you're not necessarily elite at any of the three levels as a scorer, but you could score from all three, mm-hmm. and that's pretty right. rare in the G League. So, right. um, yeah, I, I think he can be a guy. I think the fact that they trusted him, like how weird is it? Like he's barely played for this team, and they put him in as a defensive sub at the end of a game. I don't yes. care how many guys you're missing. Like, we've seen stretches where over the years where this team is down guys and won't play. Like, Jordan Lloyd was on the roster when they only had seven players and didn't play. Right. Like, this is a pretty good vote of confidence in him. I don't know that where he's going to see a ton of 905 time. Yeah. And listen, a, a lot of fans have been calling for for Jeff Down, especially with the injuries coming up here. So, mm-hmm. no, it's good for him to to, to, to to have a big moment like that. And and obviously, it, it, it helps cement the, the trust of, the coach uh, in you, although Nick clearly had a lot of it uh, in, in in him anyway. But anyway, going back to the Scotty discussion. So um, I'm going to present four things that, that are a little bit concerning to me for um, Scotty Barnes and just want to have you rank them first and then we'll go through the points. Okay. Number one, uh, the concern is a lingering ankle injury. Okay. Number two, not taking uh, as many shots as maybe you would want to see from him. Um, by the way, the stats are since Pascal has gone down, Scotty Barnes is ninth on the team in usage at 19%. Now, of course, a couple of guys have been in and out. Like Precious, I think, only played like one or two of those games, and he's higher than him. So let's just say he's eighth, but eighth is still quite low. Uh, missing jumpers. You know, he's six of 31 from three since Pascal has gone down, uh, and his percentages in the mid-range have gone from like 40% to like 20%. And then number four is defensive lapses. So between those four, ankle, not taking shots, missing jumpers, and defensive lapses, I want to hear which one's the most concerning and which one's the least concerning for you. Okay, I would say the defensive lapses is the most concerning yeah, for me. Okay. 
Um, not because like he's, he's still a sophomore. He's still 21. There's still loads of potential. I tweeted something about his defense last night and there's a pocket of Raptors Twitter that has gotten, and we've seen this with other guys in the past. It's fine. But like the ultra protective, like you can't say anything negative because he's young and developing part of young and developing is tracking that progress, right? It's not as cool a development. Like if Pascal Siakam comes out of the gate, at this version of Pascal Siakam, the story is way less cool and interesting and tells us way less about basketball. I agree, yeah. It's the growth and the the ups and downs that is important. Now, I thought last year it was a little surprising that Scotty's offense was so far ahead of his defense. Right, um, right, Where there are a lot of tools there, but he was probably the team's fourth choice to guard an opposing, like, wing forward. Like, mm. they were going OG Pascal Precious ahead of him against a, a top guy on another team a lot of times. Yeah, fair. Um, Look, most guys are not Herb Jones. Most guys don't come into the league and no matter what tools you have, rookie year, be all defense caliber defense. That just doesn't happen a lot. Having said that, this is year two. He does have a lot of the physical advantages, and I do think you would have liked him to be playing a little bit more of a, a defensive impact role than he has so far. I'm not negative about that long term. I just think of the four things you listed, that's where my eyes go to most often right now. Yeah. And and even for me, that's I agree with you there because that that's the one that feels mostly in his control more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look at the the game last night in the fourth quarter, uh, the big issue was Jaden Ivey getting into the lane. Mm-hmm. And Scotty obviously likes to press up on guys. You know, Nick definitely wants you to crowd the ball. And to be honest, at the start of the game, they did a great job. Literally, first possession of the game, they crowded Jaden Ivey, two guys spitting him at half court, and he got the steal. So it's like, that is the game plan. However, it's like, you, you especially without that double team coming and you press that high, you make sure you have to contain him and prevent him from turning downhill because every single time Ivy got into the paint, it was free throws, it was a, a layup, it was a kick to an open three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And there was just a string of possessions there, which all involved Scotty guarding the ball, where he was beaten. And, and he, he he misnavigated a, a pick and roll switch at one point yes, too that yes. led to. Now it's not all entirely his fault because OG and Coloco both te- both collapsed to the paint yep, at the same yep, time and yep. left the shooter open. But on, on that but, play, I know what you're talking about. OG kind of pointed to Scotty and say like, "Go back out to the three. Yeah, yeah. Close out I, to the I, three instead this, of I've, recovering I've, on your own guy. Yeah, that's tough in real time, and that, sure, that's that's yeah. one that like. Again, that's the inexperienced thing there. Yeah, exactly. Um, And not everyone is Chris Boucher who just like sprints out at a shooter with his arm way up here and manages to get a hold of all those shots. Friend of the program, Chris Boucher. Yeah. A free plug. Go go see see our show. Yeah, yeah. Not only friend of the program, but basically co-host on, uh, what is it, December 12th? December 12th. uh, Tickets are still available, although they are going fast. Not many. They are going fast. Um, This is, I gotta gotta ask for guest list at this rate. You know, I got you, bro. Um, but uh, no, but seriously, though, um, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and I think with Scotty, the defensive concerns, though, like he's just, that's fully within his control. Like, you know, he can play better because we've seen stretches the season and this might be tied into the ankle issue, right? Although Nick continues to bat that down. Mm-hmm. He's just like, look, man, everyone's banged up. Like, what do you want? Like, play basketball. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, he has had moments this year where guarding Kyrie in, on an island, that might be the hardest assignment in the league. Mm-hmm. Him or Harden. Yeah, like or from an yeah. ISO perspective. And he's done both of those things yeah. this season and gone stops against those kind of guys. So it's a little strange sometimes when you see Jaden Ivey, who is a very talented player, a fourth overall pick, but he's getting around him and turning the corner. You yeah. Know? It'll Second. be fine. It just for right now. By the way, everything will be fine with yeah. Scotty. Like, there's no concern about that. No one's t- tuning out Scotty. No one's turning on him. 
the idea is sort of how do we get them back on track? Um, I'll, I'll bunch two and three together. So okay. second, I would have it as usage, and third, the shooting. And I, I'll bunch them together because we're running low on time. But the usage to me, um, I'm not as worried about the shooting just because the shooting for the season as a whole, um, he's shooting a little better on threes and shooting more of them. The free throw rate's there, mm-hmm. or the free throw percentage, rather. Um the rate is you would like to see higher. Yes. Yeah. So that's where that's the component of usage to me that is more concerning is that he is averaging fewer than two free throw attempts a game and his free throw rate is way down from last year. Mm-hmm. That is one where like that is a second and third year you want to see growth in that skill. It's a it's not perfect, but it's a pretty good indicator of like your comfort level creating your own offense. Right. Um especially where you know, it's tough if you're Fred, but we've seen when Pascal's going, he's getting a lot more free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, when Pascal goes down, OG saw a jump in his free throw rate. Like, that's kind of a, a easy indicator of where things are. Um, so I, I would like to see him be a, a little bit more aggressive. I think the silver lining there is that the assist rate's gone up over last year and, yeah, and gone yeah. up since he's the comes down. So, sure. um, and then just to close it out, yeah, the ankle's at the bottom just because, um, A, it's not just the ankle. He he. I don't know if it was the same thing Fred had. He was pretty sick for a couple of days. Mm, um, he okay. played. He played through it. He was able to. But that thing's been going around. Yeah. With that team, you you even heard Nick sound pretty bad for a oh, couple Nick games there. Really terrible against uh, in the in the game uh, against OKC. So I'm not yeah. as concerned about the ankles since I think there are a couple things going on with Scotty. We also last year saw him hit the quote unquote rookie wall and round out of it just fine. Like, yes, exactly. There yeah. are going to be stretches of the season where your body doesn't feel as good. I'm I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Do I, you have them in a different order? Um, no, I think that's exactly it. I, I think physically, you know, you just obviously you hope that the ankle does not become a recurring issue, um, or obviously you know just a flu going around and stuff like that. That's that's something you really can't control, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you do want to see the aggressiveness in terms of the shooting. Like, again, the, the usage rate of being 19% since Pascal's gone down, you just want to see that higher. But at the same time, I also do appreciate the fact that he is trying to still play the team game. Like, I thought the last two games against Indiana and against, um, you know, the, the Pistons last night, I didn't see him, like, necessarily forcing bad shots. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one play where he tried to take, you know, uh, Isaiah Stewart off the dribble and he didn't succeed with it. But it's also, like, it's a mismatch against the center. Like, I want you to take that. Yeah. Even if you miss it, that's okay. Um, but you just want to see the scale of it going up and, and up. And more Isaiah more. Stewart's biggest strength right now is I'm very big and strong. So if oh, you we, try we, to we drive, saw, we saw the play against LeBron. Yeah, if, we, if you try one. to drive through me, he's like the one guy that Scotty Barnes and OG can't just drive through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, look, listen, it's, it's something we're going to keep tracking. He, he's yeah. going to eventually break out and again get back on track. Honestly, but, uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's tomorrow. If Miami zones heavy against the Raptors, they're going to need Scotty's playmaking a lot. Right. Um, he has had some big assist games against Miami in the past and some not so big assist games, but he's going to get a lot of opportunities in that free throw line area, right. either for the push shot package or to kick out the guy. So I think tomorrow could be a big Scotty game. And if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm I maybe force some extra stuff that way to you know, try to get the comfort level back. Yeah, fair enough. All right, that does it for us today. I'm your host, Willow. That's Blake Murphy. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Go get tickets to the live event. You can find those uh, details on my uh, social accounts. And uh, yeah, thanks to Blake once again. Our producer, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Olin, if you're helping with the YouTube stream, we'll be back 